And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is J.E. Skeets of the No Dunks Podcast. It's Saturday, July 23rd. Yeah, Saturday, weekend shift. I figured, why not? Shout out to the stream team joining me here. Hopefully uh, everybody is staying cool. It's hot as hell out there. At least here in Atlanta. It feels like it's hot as hell everywhere in this world. I'm drinking an A&W root beer. It's so hot. It's been a while. Cheers to you guys. Yeah, I thought I'd fire this up here. Weigh in on a couple things uh, that we either haven't talked a lot about on the No Dunks podcast over the last week, or we just uh, haven't got to at all. Um, just a few topics. Though I wanted to start with something even more important than Westbrook trade rumors or James Harden and his new deal with the 76ers, and that is this text that I got from my father-in-law this morning. It's pure insanity, but I need to share it here on, on the stream and on the podcast. And if you're new here, hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe, yada, yada, yada. Five stars only, everybody knows the drill. Uh, This is an actual text from my father-in-law, okay? It's insane. It's a book, first off. Quote, I went to Costco to buy frozen croissants. I couldn't find in any of the freezer aisles. I went to the bakery section and I asked if I can have a box of frozen croissants. The diminutive lady told me, what? (laughs) Shots fired. Told me to wait. Told a young chap to fetch a box of croissants. He wasn't very eager, as I can tell. He did not know where to find it. First, he told her, there aren't any. The lady then pointed to the freezer section of the bakery. A long story short, really? Uh, He came up with a plain brown box. Here are the dimensions. Uh, about two feet by one feet by one feet, okay? He entered some code into a machine and a sticker came out. He placed it on the box and he gave it to me. I looked at the price. It was $68 and change. I I picked the box up, I guess. It was a bit heavy. I asked how many there are in this box. He said, I don't know, about 200. I thanked him and the lady for their help and I said it was way too much for two people. Uh, an actual text coming through (laughs) from the father-in-law. 200 croissants, $68 and change. My goodness, that made me laugh. People were wondering, is your father-in-law a British man from the 1800s, young chap? Uh, No, he's he's an older Armenian man that I guess just watches a lot of, uh, you know, late period dramas. Uh, and yeah, Michael wondering here, that was the end of it. Yeah, that was the end of it. It was, uh, I don't need this many and I'm not paying $68. Take them back. <laughs> so I guess they just went back into the freezer. I didn't even know you could buy that many. 
Uh, I guess you can buy them in bulk. You can buy anything in bulk at Costco. Amazing. Uh, amazing stuff. Uh, and I know that's why you tuned in here to hear me uh, share that story. But I love it. Um, <laughs> hello to everyone, though. Just a quick uh, quick shout out. I see Mike Zakarian here, so I have to do what Mike does on the Team Hold podcast. Uh, you know, we got Ricky here. Gustavo was here very early. Javante. Uh, I'm scrolling back up. Pella. Uh, who else is here? Eric, Ty, Jasper, uh, FJ Blackbird doesn't even want to talk about the Lakers. He's already pissed. I haven't even started. The Lakers are a 500 team. Please stop talking about them. It's not only boring, I dislike it. <laughs> oh, well, Blackbird, please let me know uh, a list of topics that you're cool with. Uh, how do you feel about uh, 200 uh, frozen croissants? Let me know. Um, and then there's a bunch of other people uh, strolling in here. Because, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit uh, about the Russell Westbrook trade rumor involving the Lakers and the Pacers. Uh, the, La- uh, the Athletic is all over this. Uh, you should go get a subscription at theathletic.com slash no dunk so they know that we sent you. But let's break this down and ask a few questions off it. And for those that don't know, uh, there was a rumored deal that the Lakers were going to trade Russell Westbrook and a first-round pick to the Indiana Pacers in return for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. But, 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 that deal did because the Pacers are like, we're not doing that unless you include a second first-round selection in this rumored trade. A second first-round selection. I just want to make that very clear because I saw people in the athletic comments going, what? The holdup was a second-round pick? What the hell's wrong with Rob Polinka? No, it's another first-round pick, okay? Uh, and we are going to assume it's the 27 first-round pick. That was probably the one the Lakers were okay, uh, including with Russ for Miles Turner and Buddy Hield. And then the second one would be that 2029 first-round pick. But, uh, you know, according to reports, Polinka and the Lakers, they don't want to do that. Now... Indiana's side of things makes a lot of sense, right? They're saying, okay, hold up. We should get a pick. We need to get a pick, anybody should, for Russell Westbrook, okay? A first-round pick. If you are giving us Russell Westbrook in any sort of trade, we're taking on that contract. We are taking on Russ. uh, And, of course, you'd ultimately probably wave him, buy him out, and all that. But we want a pick for that, for the troubles, to help you get off, you know, to to get out of this situation that you made yourselves in, in bringing Westbrook on. And then we also want another first round pick for players who are talented, solid players in Miles Turner and Buddy Hill. And I actually think the two of them together, if you look at it as one first round pick, okay, that's believable. I know some people are like, you can't get a first round pick for Miles Turner. You can't get a first round pick for just Buddy Hill. Well, probably not. Or I assume the Pacers would have done that already. Uh, so this, I think in their minds is a fair compromise. Two first-round picks. You give us Russ. We'll figure out what to do with him. He'd be gone. He'll never play probably a game in a Pacers uniform. And then you get Turner and Heald. Um, so here, the question is, should should Palenka make this deal, if you could go back to it? Um, there's a great write-up and podcast, I believe, over at Silver Screen and Roll. I know Anthony Irwin. He thinks the choice is pretty clear. Uh, that you absolutely make this deal if you're the Lakers. Right? His reasoning, a lot of people's reasoning, I'm sure people here in the stream yard, you know, you are trying to win championships right now. You are the Lakers franchise. It's all about the chip. And you got LeBron coming up on the last years of, the, of his prime. 
you're getting solid pieces in return. You're getting off the headache of Russell Westbrook, who, I mean, look, it feels, I know Zach Lowe has said uh, as such, like LeBron saw enough playing with him. It's like, okay, <laughs> whoops, uh, this isn't going to work. And uh, we need to like uh, fix this th- this problem here. So let's get some other guys in here. I don't, you know, LeBron probably not giving a damn about future picks. Why should he? Uh, so you do it. Anthony Irwin went on to write, um, you know, you do this because you're improving the roster. You're giving LeBron more confidence that he could compete for a championship, not just this season, but maybe even like gain a little trust back uh, that he seems to have lost in the front office. And otherwise, if you don't. And this deal is now out there. It's like, it's being painted as, Polenka, what are you doing? If you include that second pick in 29, you got two good players and you get off Russ. Uh, you know, LeBron is like coming up here for an extension. I believe at, uh, what is it? The beginning of August, something like that. So like, that could be hanging over this organization all year. Um In addition, you get off the headache uh, of Westbrook there when you have a new coach who said all the right things in Darvin Ham of how he wants him to play, still believing in him. But man, the timing of all this with Westbrook uh, parting ways with his agent and his agent spilling tea and uh, you know, basically just saying, like, he's not listening to me and he's, you know, we don't, we disagree. <laughs> we have differences uh, on the type of player he maybe is, what the next contract would look like, type of role he's got to lean into, uh, which was, I mean... We, we addressed that on the podcast. That was just, you just don't see that. I mean, especially an agent that he's been with for 14 years. To come out and like sort of throw him under the bus, uh, his guy and Russ, I thought that was fascinating. Um, but yeah, the main question of the, of the podcast, the title of this is, should the Lakers be doing this and including that second first round pick? I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's an absolute yes because I also think I'd like I like the players you're getting in return and this is the other part uh as for the Pacers side of things I some I see some people saying why the Pacers why would they ever do this and it's good good on them for asking for that second one they would do this because you're getting picks they are not trying they're not going to win a title now they're hell they're probably not even going to make the playoffs now this is all about just like stockpiling future picks Westbrook I don't believe would play a single game for them um at all and they have the cap space, obviously, to absorb that and figure that out. So, I mean, I think it's... Uh, Miles Turner, we know, is not part of their long-term plans. I mean, they tried to get DeAndre Ayton, for crying out loud. They've been trying to trade him for three years. So, that's a no-brainer. And the same with Buddy Heald. Again, I think I think perfect world. They're like, somebody gets desperate. Like, man, we need a shooter. We need a guy that, like, lets it fly. Lakers being one of those teams. Uh, and we can get a first-round pick for just him. But I, I just don't think the... The market's there. And also, this is the Lakers. LeBron's going to be, in theory, long gone from L.A. by 27 and 29. Who knows what their team looks like? Those could be very, of course, valuable picks. They could not, but I like the flyer on that uh, for for really moving off two players that are not part of your long-term plan. So I'm interested to hear what you guys are saying. I see the comments flying away here on what everybody thinks. Uh, Palinka. And the Lakers should do here, uh, whether they're they're right or wrong, to not include that second first round pick um, and the Pacers side of things. Uh, it is weird though. Like hypothetically, let's talk this out. Like if this were to happen, uh, you know, either the Pacers say fine, whatever, <laughs> uh, we'll do it with the one pick, whatever, uh, or they get the second. It's like 
and Russ is not going to be a part of their team, it's like, where is this guy going to play? Like, I know there are... I know there are people wondering if he's ever going to play another game in this league, uh, which is crazy to think. I guess it's possible. Someone, uh, Greg Holtzman, tweeted me, or excuse me, texted me the other day, sort of out of the blue. Uh, Greg dropped this on me. He's like, um, who do you have more faith in to play more games for the rest of their career? So starting now, starting at this coming season, Westbrook, Ben Simmons, or Kyrie Irving. <laughs> uh, I inc- I incredibly went Ben Simmons, uh, and I and I'll stand by that selection. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's not easy uh, right now. Moving forward, who'd play more games, Russ, Ben Simmons, or Kyrie? You guys can all uh, answer that as well. I mean, I would just be worried. Like people are saying, Kyrie in the stream team. I mean, that guy feels like he's going to retire in like two years. Uh, I go Ben based on age. I see Gustavo saying that. That's a big part of it. And Russ, again, I think there's... I, I don't know. It, it's been He's been compared to Iverson a million times to this point, so I won't beat that drum uh, again. But it, there, there's a lot of similarities, just like the stubbornness to want to change. And okay, the, no? Well, then you're bouncing around, bouncing around until eventually the, half the league has had a chance at you. And then they're like, okay, it's not worth, it's not worth it for us. And then, you know, then he's gone. So I'll go Ben Simmons on that, but uh, Greg had me thinking there. I feel like he sent that text to me at like 8 in the morning, too. Like, oh, man, Jesus. Not really. <laughs> this is not what I was expecting to tackle uh, my day with, but uh, here we are debating uh, whether Ben Simmons is going to play uh, more games than Kyrie or Russ going forward. So uh, that's, um, that's really just my opinion on uh, the Lakers-Pacers deal. Uh, I... I guess at this, I don't know. Um, at this point, will it happen? Uh, probably, I don't know what happens with these things when they become public like this. Like it's so, it's so blatantly again being, uh, the story is being painted as Palenka is the one saying, nope, only one. That's all we're doing, you know, to move off of Russ and to try and get more talent in here. And then it's like, everybody's like, you dummy, you dummy, you dummy, just include the second. And it's like, how stubborn are you? Are you like, no. Or do you just be like, okay, I guess, <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess we'll do it. Someone is uh, uh, asking, I think it's Jay here. Do you think Russell can ever retool his game? Um, I mean, that's, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I really don't. I just I mean, it'd be, I, I think it'd be really cool because I've said this before in the podcast, like we're always comparing Russ uh, to Iverson in the end of his career. It would be slick if he could like try and be more of a Derrick Rose even. Um, and where, where his career has sort of gone in the last couple and, and uh, you know, really leaning into being like a sixth man, uh, still, you know, flashes of uh explosive play but you know not quite the athlete you once were because of age but you can still contribute um that's i mean that's best case scenario but i just don't i just i think it's very unlikely with this guy um and i hope it's not the end man it'd be really weird if like russell westbrook is not playing in the league next year uh or for or ever again it'd just be strange but man would it wrap up one of the on just one of the weirder careers of all time <laughs> uh, when you think about it. And just like the accolades and the achievements and the triple-double seasons. But 
you know, unfortunately not winning a whole whole lot um, team wise and uh, coming up short at times. Like just a just a strange career. Hopefully he's not done and uh, and and he still has a little bit left in the tank and and maybe he proves me wrong, you guys wrong, a lot of us wrong that he like can pivot his game. But like the pivoting his game is like you know he's. Hasn't been a good defender. I mean, really, <laughs> hasn't been a good defender in a very, very long time, and was probably only like a, a a passable defender because of his young, pure athleticism. If we're being honest, and the structure of whatever defense he was playing with, and the other guys he was with, so he ain't becoming a lockdown defender. Uh, he ain't becoming a three point shooter. I mean, sorry, we're not getting like a late Renaissance Jason Kidd here with this guy. Um, it's it's not the prettiest shot if we're being honest. The way he shoots it, so that's not happening. Uh, of course, he's still explosive and can be a playmaker and all that. So that's where that sixth man role makes the most sense. Um, but, you know, to be a completely different player, that's not happening. So, yeah, get your comments in here. I can take a second. Let me let me sip on some A&W root beer here. Well, maybe something good comes through. Because you guys got a lot to say about this. I love it. Is it too hot out for everybody? That's why you're all inside. I'm going to the pool after this. Get yourself a friend with a pool. Get yourself a friend with a boat. Get yourself a, get yourself a friend with a, uh, what do you call them? A lake house. <laughs> I call it call it. I call it cottage. Everything's a cottage to me. And everyone's like, what? Especially when I'm down here in the in uh, Georgia. Are we going to the cottage? People are like, what are you talking about? I call them, yeah, lake houses. I guess cabins, but that's more, that's more, uh, you're roughing it, I guess, a little bit. What's the other word I'm, I'm thinking of? Uh, there's another one, but I only call them colleges. Anyway, our next topic here that I wanted to address is James Harden uh, agreeing with the 76ers to a two-year $68.6 million deal. Got the player option. Um, this happened over the last couple of days. This deal guarantees Harden $33 million for next season. And the opportunity then to decline uh, basically, you know, $35.5 million player option to negotiate another free agent deal next summer. So, he declined the $47.4 million uh, for next season to give, I mean, these are his words really, not mine, to give Maury and the 76ers salary cap flexibility. Go get some players that we need. Go help out our bench. Hey, all those guys you traded for me, we'll go get some, like, uh, you know, facsimiles to uh, help, our, help our depth and help our chances to, um, you know, go deep in the playoffs and, and maybe try and win this whole thing. Uh... So, I mean, he did it, and I think this. I think this really could. It works in theory. Works well for both parties. The Sixers, no doubt, because he's taking less money to then set up all these moves they made. Um, you know, PJ Tucker coming on a pretty expensive deal for his age uh, into the starting lineup to replace Danny Green. Uh, they made the trade for DeAnthony Melton. Uh, what was that on draft night, if I remember correctly? Um, so he's going to be like their third guard. Uh, and uh, House Jr., some wing depth. He comes in. What's he making? Five, something like that. You know, these are th- this money that uh, Harden gave back, if you want to call it that, um, allowed Morey to go get some players here. And I, and I think a lot of people would grade this a pretty successful offseason for the 76ers when you consider what they could have done. Uh, everybody likes these three players. They wanted toughness. They wanted, like I said, wing depth. Um, just to carry the load a little bit uh, off of uh, Embiid and, and maybe even Harden during the regular season. So I like them. Um, 
I saw Rich Hoffman at The Athletic wondering, could the 22-23 Sixers next uh, year Sixers be the best team of the process era? Uh, I mean, the, the Jimmy Sixers, the Jimmy Butler Sixers were damn, damn good. And, you know, one Kawhi shot doesn't bounce around and drop. Do they win that game in overtime? Who knows? Do they go in to win the title? Who knows? But uh, that was a pretty damn good team. Um, but I guess if Harden is... He's committed to Maury in the franchise, as he's proven. Now is he committed to becoming, coming into camp, obviously healthy, like not in the club and still putting in all the work to like really start with a bang. Um, and because it's really all still like all these moves around the uh, fringes here are, 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 are nice, but they're not going to like, they're not going to tilt a title by any means in the favor of the Sixers. It's Embiid, who's been a beast for a couple of years running now. And then it's Harden, and it's really Harden. Like, if they're going to make it out of the second round, he has to be better than he was last year. And we saw, again, maybe the the, the hamstring is a, a fair excuse. Maybe it's not. Um, but he was brutal in some of those games in the postseason, specifically against the Heat. And they're not, they're really not as great as Tucker is and Melton House and all this and, and Harris is whatever, consistent. Maybe Maxi goes to another level. I think that's possible. It still comes down to like in a playoff series, it Harden's got to be, let's call it like the third at least best player in that particular game. It's Embiid, then it's probably whoever they're going against, let's say, and then and, and Harden's got to be the second or third to to go really really far. And uh, I'm excited. I would love to see Harden come in. And now that's why I just come back to why it makes sense for Harden this deal. Man, prove it. And you probably got one more massive payday in you. Is it that far-fetched to think Harden does come in, looks a little bit more, obviously looks more healthy, looks a little bit more like Harden old. The numbers are there. Maybe the Sixers are rolling. They're winning a ton of games. You know, maybe he has a little more success in the playoffs. They go a little deeper. And he would be, how old would Harden be? Uh, I don't have him in front of me. Would he be 33? Like he, I mean, my point is he has a good year. He's opting out with that player option of the second year and either from the Sixers or another team saying, you know, give me the bag one more time. One more time. Um, Because he wouldn't be, I'm just looking it up right now, how old Harden is. Yeah, okay. He's turning 33. Oh, James Harden. Birthday, six days after mine. Look at that, August 26th. Um, So yeah, he'll be 33. So I don't think that's that far-fetched. I mean, we're looking at 33, 34-year-old. If healthy, then then I, then I, I could see it. So... I think this could work well for uh, for both of them. Jerry asking the impossible question here, though. Who's going to have a better season, Anthony Davis or Harden? Mm, I, li- I like that question because definitely feels like they're getting some uh, that, that summer buzz, right? In the gym, shooting nothing but free throws. No, not, not seeing him. I'm not seeing him anywhere on the beach or the pool or the club. These guys ain't going to no cottages. They're in the gym. That's their cottage. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I guess I lean towards Anthony Davis, but <laughs> I've done that before and been made to look a fool. It's a fun one for everybody out there. Harden or AD? Who's going to have a, a better season here? <laughs> Who's going to survive longer? Uh, because both are, are very injury prone. Um, oh, ouch. My holy king. In in responding to that question, glass or a heart made of glass? Whoa, he! I guess AD's glass and and Harden's heart made of glass. 
Mm. Mm. That's tough. That's tough. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I guess to put, a, to put a bow on that topic and a question for everyone, all your podcast listeners and everybody here in the stream team on a Saturday, um, where are the Sixers, after the moves they've made, if you believe Harden is healthy and inspired and all that and Embiid's going to be Embiid, where do they rank in, in, in the East to you? What tier? Do you have the Bucks one? Celtics there? Heat there? Maybe not. Maybe. Uh, and then it's the Sixers. Are the Sixers with those teams? Are Sixers just below them? Are the Sixers uh, you know, the leaders of the second tier? Uh, and you have them over well, the Nets. You know, like, who the hell knows? Um, you know, I guess, what other good teams are there? Raps, or you never really know. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm not as high on the raps as some, but why not? Uh, you know, they're always good for flirting with 50 wins. So, uh, you know, Cavs went healthy. Obviously, uh, last year looked pretty impressive. I feel like I'm forgetting a team. I always do this every time I start doing tiers in a conference. I know I forget a team. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that was the Bulls. Meh, Bulls are back. Hawks, I guess. Knicks, maybe. But yeah, I mean, okay. All those teams I just listed, and I would include the Raptors, the Sixers are above them. So it's, I think we're just getting at, are the Sixers tier one? Or are they just below those two or three teams? Bucks, Celtics, up to you if you're putting the heat there. Uh, and where do they go from there? I mean, look, your top three, I think I saw Ziller write this. Your top three in your conference, you're, you really should be a, a championship contender. With the with the, the the somewhat parity we do have in the league right now, I think that's fair. And and of course, an injury or two, uh, as we saw with like Middleton, can like can change a, a team going to the finals. I believe so. Um, yeah, Sixers. <laughs> like the last couple of years, the expectations are super high. Uh, and instead of now hanging on, you know, can Embiid stay healthy? And what type of Ben Simmons are we getting? It's now. Well, first, it's still can Embiid stay healthy, uh, which he seemed to, uh, you know to do a pretty good job over the last couple of years and then can Harden lead us uh, to the promised land. I also wonder, I'm a little afraid that the Sixers are going to be one of these teams where we do the classic, like, who cares regular season? You know, they could win 60 games and it will just be like, so? Get out of the second round. You know, we did that with the Jazz for a long time. Uh, could even argue we were doing that with, uh, well, we were doing it with the Raptors when it was DeMar DeRozan and Lowry for sure. Um, maybe the Bucks were thrown in there a little bit uh, pre-championship, right? Uh, but we get those teams. There's one. There's one or two every year. It's like, okay, 
You know, we know, we know, we know you're a good regular season team. <laughs> we know you'll win 50, 55, maybe on a really great year, 60 games you're going to flirt with. We don't care until you figure out your demons in the playoffs and get by teams that you uh, should get by. And I think that's where we're at with them. And okay, you know, that's not a bad spot to be, right? Um, and maybe that's why the depth is very important. Um, you know, you'd almost like, we don't want to like, we don't, they shouldn't care about 60 wins. They shouldn't care about running and beating Harden into the ground. It should all be about the timing of like, let's get these guys and this team playing their best basketball come April, May, and June. And uh, and maybe the depth that they have acquired here uh, will allow more rest for those guys, some nights off, and still to, you know, obviously be a pretty competent team and, and, uh, and rack up some wins. We'll see. Um, the final piece of news, it's uh, I- extremely uh, depressing, but it is one that I wanted to, uh, to throw in here, and it's Miles Bridges. Uh, he has pleaded not guilty to felony domestic violence and child abuse charges. This, uh, you know, he's, this happened during uh, an arrangement in the Los Angeles County Superior Court a couple days ago, right? If you don't know the story, Bridges was accused of assaulting his girlfriend in front of their two children last month. And on July 1st, um, his girlfriend, Michelle Johnson, I believe is her name, posted graphic images uh, on social media of the injuries that she wrote that she sustained during this very violent attack. Uh, Per Johnson, she suffered fractures of her nose and her wrist and a torn eardrum and torn muscles in her neck from being choked. She alleges uh, this was bridges here. Uh, They are, I mean, you know what? You should go look at them. and uh yeah we'll see here what happens i know bridges case continues on august 19th i think that's when a date for the preliminary hearing is slated to be scheduled i am i am no lawyer i am no expert when it comes to the nba's domestic violence policy either but it's sure putting that under a microscope microscope excuse me right now because so far and this is not surprising so far the league and the hornets have remained you know i want to fairly silent on this matter besides the generic we're aware of the charges. We're going to monitor them. Uh, and then from the league side of things, we're going to investigate the allegations. And from what I can tell in my little research here, that part is that it part is interesting, them investigating it. Because according to the CBA, the league is mandated to select a, a, a little panel. I think it's a three-member panel to open an investigation. They can, of course, against the charges against Bridges. No, there's no timeline for this investigation. But Commissioner Silver is given the power to place, in this case, Bridges on administrative leave, I think it's called, barring him from, you know, team activities until their own investigation is complete. These can be like, again, these can be like happening happening simultaneously his court hearing, and he's going to find it, you know, as that moves forward, and whether he's going to go to jail uh, if proven guilty for this, and... And then the and then the league's own investigation uh, of what they want to do with him and where and whether he will ever play and like so it's it's obviously it, it's nuts. I saw SB Nation's James uh, Dator too noting that the policy and it's really like in the CBA it's sort of it's a little vague again their domestic violence policies but Silver can consider the character of the player the player's reputation within the NBA community in making his determination. Uh, whether a player can or should be placed on uh, on leave. Um, so, 
yeah, we will. Like I said, I think August nineteenth is the is the next time uh, we I guess get the the, the date then set for uh, for Bridges' case here. But man, I I really pray that. Uh, well, first off, I hope that Michelle Johnson and those kids have friends and family and support to to get them through this. Miles Bridges, it's I mean I, I mean we'll wait to find out, but if you believe the photos and I do, he needs help. Um, definitely. And, and hopefully he gets it. And, and that's really all I have. I mean, my only other note, and I'm going to throw it up here is that, you know, if you or someone, you know, has experienced domestic violence helps available, um, uh, at least here of, in, in the States, this is the national domestic violence hotline. You can call it 1-800-799-SAFE and you can text start to 88788, or you can go online to the hotline Dot org, But yeah, we will see. Um, I know there was weird timing with this and I just wanted to address that as well. We were not like on the show trying to avoid talking about this. Uh, didn't feel comfortable. Not at all. I think we last talked about Bridges and the possibility when he was a free agent and like, oh, what teams could uh, make an offer for him and all that. Uh, right before, I think it was a day or two before uh, these allegations came out from uh, from Michelle Johnson there. Uh, and then it was sort of just like, well, I mean, what you need us to come on here and say, uh, hey, that fucking sucks. Um, and I mean, you, you, sure, we could have said that, but you should know that we that's how we feel about this. So uh, we will. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll just see. And, um, you know, I'm, no one's we're, we're definitely not going to be going like, oh, man, what does this mean for the Hornets? Oh, jeez. Oh man, what about the depth that uh, the small like? Come on, not important. Uh, again, her safety and the and the safety of those kids, and and really, I think uh, him hopefully getting help uh, is what's way more important than any of that. So, uh, yeah, we will call it there. Sorry to end on a on a bit of a uh, a bit of a Debbie Downer, but it is what it is. Uh, moving forward here, before I go to the pool, um, we got some some fun stuff coming up next week. No Bunts has been bumped up, <laughs> shifted. I know Tass doesn't like the shift, but No Bunts, I believe, is going to be on Monday now. I think our guy Tassie and this little baseball podcast of his um, has a special guest. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it, uh, but he's got a special guest, and uh, I'm very excited if he can uh, pull this guest. So that's on Monday, uh, looking like No Bunts. Tuesday or Wednesday, I think you guys are going to like this. You NBA sickos. Um, we're going to do, and this is inspired from Michael, the pod peanut and Chris Herring of the open floor podcast on SI. And I tweeted, guys, I'm stealing this idea. I love it. And I think we're going to do it Tuesday or Wednesday, way too early awards predictions. All right. We'll go through the six major awards. I think what we'll do is we'll pull some, uh, some Vegas odds too. see who are the favorites and stuff like that. We'll, we'll make our, our favorite pick and maybe a dark horse pick, something like that. So that's coming early next week. Uh, I'm very excited about this. Uh, way too early award predictions. And I uh, highly recommend you go check out the uh, SI Open Floor podcast on that. Maybe last week. Uh, no breaks is coming. I know there was qualifying this morning. I saw some of you uh, talking about it here in the, in the stream team. I didn't watch a ton of it. Nora, of course, had it on. Uh, but we got the race tomorrow, uh, the uh, French Grand Prix. So Trey also trying to secure a, de- uh, a desk. He's got a desk, a guest. 
um, for no breaks because I don't think uh, our guy Greg Gordian is going to be able to make it this one. So um, again, I'll leave it at that. Got some 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 potential big names coming on no breaks and no buns. Uh, so that's probably uh, no breaks. You know, Tuesday or Wednesday, something like that. And uh, and then who knows at the end of the week what we'll do. Encourage you though to go check out. Um, the Rise podcast, the film session podcast we did on the Giannis movie Rise. We did that yesterday on Friday with our guy, Matty O, uh, jumped on. He did not hold back. Oh, my goodness. Matty, Matty O, within the first 10 minutes, was wondering about the movie Giannis. What's he doing in the shower for so long? And I'll let your imagination run wild with that. Uh, and had me cracking up uh, early. So... Go check it out. I, you know, I, I would encourage you to watch it. I like it. Spoiler alert. I won't give you my final rating uh, here on this one. But I thought it was fine. I had very low expectations being a Disney movie. But uh, I liked Rise. Some of the other guys did not. And they had some problems with it. And, uh, you know, valid issues, I think, with it. So we broke it all down. We talked like an hour and a half about this movie. So that's, uh, that podcast is up if you, uh, you want to hear our thoughts on Rise. Whether or not you watch it, I mean, I think you'll still enjoy it. You got Matty O cracking jokes left and right. Tassie's being hilarious. Uh, you know, JD's giving his thoughts. I'm trying to trying to talk people into it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Um, so go check it out. I think we uh, had a lot of fun. And then what? Finally, I see here who reminded me. I'm gonna find the comment. Oh my god, you guys, you guys say a lot. I love it. I can't even find it now. Oh, here it is. John, John reminding me <laughs> and you uh, that I will be on the Tandy Time Top Shot podcast tomorrow on Sunday, I think around 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, Tandy, like, I'm, I'm coming on a show for the first time and he gave me homework. I'm like, what? Jesus, it's the weekend, man. Uh, but no, I'm going to be sharing... Uh, I don't know, 10 players, let's call it. Uh, 10 players that I think could be making a leap next year. So sort of like most improved vibes to it. Um, but making a leap in terms of like statistics and maybe, uh, you know, how that uh, correlates to top shot. Not financial advice. D-Y-O-R. But uh, I think we'll have a lot of fun um, talking to Tandy, who uh, I found out lives in... Uh, lives outside of Lisbon in Portugal. We might just talk about Lisbon for an hour tomorrow. Um, so that'd be fun. Anyway, seek it out. Tandy time. Top shot. It's uh, It'll be uh, live streamed on his YouTube. And uh, I think he turns it into a podcast as well. Okay. Uh, we'll call it there. I see people wondering uh, <laughs> my thoughts on Vince McMahon retiring. Yeah, what a shock that is. Um how quickly? Uh, what else? Do, what else do they have on him? Is is really the question? Because the the first report, oh, we had Vince out in the ring saying, "Oh, the WWE, it's amazing. It's still awesome. I'm not going anywhere." And uh, two weeks later, he's retired. Hmm. Okay. Um, he gone. I mean, I mean look, I, I'm. <laughs> There, we'll, we'll we'll wait to maybe find out what those other allegations are uh, involving Vince McMahon. Um, but from a like a, from a weird 
wrestling fan who's not a wrestling fan. I've said it before, I don't ever watch it. I mean, outside of the rare, rare pay-per-view, which I know it's not even called anymore, but outside of one of the big ones, I only listen to podcasts about wrestling. It's very strange. Uh, I'm excited for it, though, because Vince is a 77-year-old guy who, by all accounts, has to decide every little and major decision that goes into the ring and storylines and all that. And it's like, all right, you know, maybe, hey, let's give maybe someone else a chance here. Uh, so maybe it'll be, uh, I think it'll be quite refreshing. Um, and I know there are already rumors because I was just listening to the Masked Man show uh, or their their immediate reaction podcast to this Vince News stepping down. Um, I think it was Kaz. He's saying uh, Rock's going to take over. He's just throwing that out into the world. It's like, Rock's going to uh, get uh, get the uh, XFL all set up and running along, and that'll be fine. And then he'll uh, pivot in a couple of years, taking over uh, taking over wrestling, or the WWE, I should say. Wow, I was like, wow, The Rock. Um, do you smell what Kaz is cooking? I do. Sure, I love it. I love it. So anyway, will WWE? It'll never be the same. I sure, Ty. I think. I think it. I think. Uh, I think it'll be completely fine. Though, I mean, that's not to discredit. Like Vince McMahon's probably the most influential person in wrestling history, right? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be. Um, but anyway, <laughs> now I'm now I'm babbling about wrestling. Look what you made me do. Uh, let's call it there. A good forty minutes here on a Saturday, guys. If you haven't hit that like button, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. So you get ready for all those podcasts coming at you next week. And uh, if you're a listener, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Leave your boys a five-star rating and review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you download and listen to No Dunks. Uh, This was a lot of fun. You guys were were fire in the stream team today. Just bringing the heat. I couldn't really even keep up. I know there was a lot of Westbrook comments and and, uh, James Harden comments, but the Sixers and stuff like that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I might just have to go back and read them all. Hey, how sick would this be if I made a podcast after this podcast about reading your comments from this podcast? Mm, content. That's how you make content. Uh, I won't be doing that. Headed to the pool. Everybody, try and stay cool. And uh, we'll see you on Monday with what should be a special guest on Tass's No Bunts. Embrace the weekend, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.